Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, gold Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989-898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989-898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989 with an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989-898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. The question is how many people will die? And I don't want people dying. That's what I'm all about. I made a very tough decision last night and a very tough decision a long time ago with respect to China. I don't want people dying, and that's why I made these decisions. And whether it affects the stock market or not, uh, very important, but it's not important compared to life and death. So I had to make that decision. And frankly, the people that are professionals praise the decision, and it's something I had to do. And. Uh, uh, I think you'll see the end result is very good because of it, but it'll take a period of time. Welcome to the Savage Nation. Now, President Trump gave the best speech of his career last night. I watched the whole speech. I watched it from beginning to end. And immediately afterwards, I turned on the vermin on CNN and MSNBC, and I watched them methodically sarcastically and cynically attack him. The fact is that the president offered financial relief far to the left of the most left politician in America today. Nobody could have done any more than that. Best speech of his career. Most comprehensive virus fighting plan. Best plan for economic relief. Yet these professional vermin on CNN and MSNBC attacked him immediately. And I tweeted he should lock them up and close them down the way liberal icon Lincoln did to the news people who attacked them during the Civil War. And if you think I am inventing that, you do not know history. Lincoln had to shut down the telegraph lines. Lincoln had to shut down newspapers. Lincoln had to stop the liars who were trying to rip them to pieces because they were making America worse. They were turning people against each other. When I watch Rachel Madcow smirking with that idiotic look on her twisted, ugly face, 
To her, it was all a joke. It was all about ratings. Shut it down. Lock her up. You know, freedom is beautiful. Freedom of speech is even more beautiful. And I live on the First Amendment. But there are limits to the First Amendment. And the president has the power and the authority to shut down MSNBC and shut down CNN temporarily until they rein in these deceptive people who are doing America and the world such a disservice. Could he have done any more? Tell me what Trump could have done in that speech last night. Do you know what he did? Do you even know what his points were? Do you know what he offered? Of course, we know about suspension of all travel from Europe. Uh, By the way, the president had phoned me 30 minutes before my show yesterday. And we talked about this and he asked me about banning travel from Europe, incidentally. And you know what my opinion was? It was don't ban travel from Europe. I I said don't. He said he did what he wanted. He did what his experts told him to do. I didn't think it was the smartest thing to do, but he did it. But in addition to that, he has gotten the health insurance insurance industry to waive all co-payments for coronavirus treatments. He's gotten the insurance industry to extend insurance coverage for these treatments and to prevent surprise medical billing. Even Bernie Sanders couldn't offer more than that. He has cut massive amounts of red tape to make antiviral therapies available in record time. Nobody could do that. He has advised that nursing homes for the elderly suspend all medically unnecessary visits. He has done something that even the, the most big government leftist wouldn't dare do. He said the SBA, this is the Small Business Administration, will begin providing economic loans in affected states and territories. And these low interest loans will help small businesses overcome temporary economic disruptions caused by the virus. He wants increased funding for this program by an additional $50 billion. Now tell me what a liberal Democrat would have done That would have been bigger than this. He said, using emergency authority, the Treasury Department will defer tax payments without interest or penalties for certain individuals and businesses who are negatively impacted. This action, he said, will provide more than $200 billion of additional liquidity to the economy. He called on Congress to provide Americans with immediate payroll tax relief. Even a liberal Democrat could not have done more than President Trump offered last night. Yet the vermin and filth in the media on CNN and MSNBC immediately and sneeringly started to attack him, doing America and the world a grave disservice once again. But unfortunately for the listeners of this show, the right is no better. Hannity, Limbaugh, and the other pathetic mouthpieces are doing the president and the public a grave disservice. I asked Hannity, the genius, who never went past the ninth grade. I asked the Limbaugh, the genius, who keeps trumpeting the big lie that this is no more than a common cold. Let me ask the two of you schmucks. If COVID-19 is so mild, as you illiterates keep trumpeting, then why did the president himself take such extraordinary steps as he did last night to stop the spread of this disease you say doesn't exist. You two jerks have not even caught up with the president's own message. How pathetic can you be? You are doing a disservice to the public health, to the world, and most importantly, to the man you say you're defending. You're actually harming him. This is the savage nation.
If you get a comment on any of this, the phone number is 855-47282. We'll also talk about the American dream still being alive. Uh, yesterday, I had a young man on this show who represents the American dream. He was on the uh, Cavuto Fox Business Channel this morning, making his father very proud. And we're linking that video for you on michaelsavage.com. In a sea of despair, in a sea of depression, in a sea of sadness, there are some bright notes. And the American dream is still alive. If you're a young person, don't give up. You can still make the American dream. But for the shills to go on and on, on the right wing, so to speak, they're not on the right wing, they're not on the left wing, they're on the wrong wing. These people are not right wingers, they're wrong wingers. To keep saying it's no more than a common cold and the whole thing is out to get Donald Trump by the liberal media is a criminal negligent, criminally negligent act. It's sickening. Have they seen the hospitals in Italy? Have they seen most nations on the earth in lockdown? It's because the leaders of these nations don't know as much as Dr. Limbaugh knows or Dr. Hannity who graduated in ninth grade. The leaders of the Western nations don't know as much as Sean Hannity. What the hell is wrong with you people? How could you buy this crap? I'm infuriated by this. We're in the midst of a very dangerous epidemic. The president himself has taken extraordinary steps to limit the spread of this virus. And yet these mouthpieces haven't caught up with the president. They claim that they are uh, protecting. Now, my friends, these are strange times. I read the speech. I listened to the speech. I gave you all the points. He's doing massive amounts to protect the finances of those injured and to slow the spread of the coronavirus. Now, you should know that uh, viruses like coronavirus and the flu are both RNA viruses. But you should also know that like the common flu, the coronavirus is able to mutate or change more rapidly than some other viruses and certainly some other pathogens. Now, I know I lost many people who are listeners to uh, Dr. Hannity who went to the ninth grade. What this means is we do not know how this ends. We only know how it begins. What this means is we don't know where the mutations will take us. What this means is that responsible people in medicine, science, and politics are recommending that reasonable precautions be taken. They do not dismiss this as nothing more than the sniffles, as these schmucks do. This is the Savage Nation. The phone number is 855-400-7282. Now, I'm going to ask you, the listeners, something. How has this viral epidemic or pandemic affected you? Has your 501, is it a 501K? I don't even know if it's a 401 or a 401. I don't have one. I don't even know what it is. I'm joking. Has this affected your retirement plans? Have you looked at your 401K? How far down is it? I know that some of the staff working on the show are devastated. What is it down, Jim? 20, 10%, something like that? More, more. So this is very real. How is this affecting your 401k in retirement, right? Remember, Trump has put out some economic advice on how to help you. I was in a restaurant last night owned by someone who's almost family to me. Small restaurant, not going to name it. I've known the family for over 40 years, and it was empty. There were only a few tables. It was a devastation. Cancellations are killing the restaurant business. And I said to the owner, I said, look, this is bad, but the president just announced 
that the Small Business Administration will begin providing economic loans in, a, in affected states and territories. And he will offer low interest loans to help small businesses like your restaurant to overcome your temporary economic disruption. And he's putting $50 billion into this. Get online, I told him. Do it immediately. The president has done more than anyone could expect him to do. And yet, on the left, he's being attacked by people who should know better, but are doing it simply to show they're smart and smarter than everybody on the earth. And by people who claim to be conservatives, but are on the wrong side of reality. If you get a comment on any of this, again, the phone number is 855 400 uh, savage eight five five one seven two eight two. The travel ban, meaning the suspension of all travel from Europe to the United States for the next thirty days, is very serious. It also applies to cargo. By the way, you should know that I did my research for you on this. This ban will apply only to foreign nationals and not to American citizens who had been screened before entering the nation. It does not include the United Kingdom. This travel ban goes into effect Friday at midnight. The ban does not apply to all of Europe, but to nations in the Schengen zone. They are Austria, Belgium, Czech Republic, Denmark, Estonia, Finland, France, Germany, Greece, Hungary, Iceland, Italy, Latvia, Liechtenstein, Lithuania, Luxembourg, Malta, the Netherlands, Norway, Poland, Portugal, Slovakia, Slovenia, Spain, Sweden, and Switzerland. Very important that you know this. Phone number, 855-47282. I want to leave you with one idea before I take my first commercial break. If this disease or pandemic is nothing as these schmendricks, these science illiterates are telling you, then why did the president himself announce such extraordinary steps? Is it because he doesn't know as much as Sean Hannity does? Is it because he doesn't study at the same medical school as Dr. Limbaugh studies at? Do you people understand what's going on in the media today? Do you understand the danger you were in by listening to these people and just following them blindly over a cliff? I hope you can discern the truth and take the necessary precautions. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. Listen, we're in weird times. What if a medical emergency arises? Are you really prepared Everyone says, oh, it'll never happen to me, but it can when you least expect it. In a medical emergency, Air MedCare Network providers can transport you or a family member to the nearest hospital, and if you're a member, you'll see no out-of-pocket costs related to your air flight. That's right. You won't pay a dime when transported by an AMCN provider. You should know health insurance may not cover the full cost of emergency medical transport. And even with comprehensive coverage, you could still get hit with substantial deductibles and co-pays. Pay attention. Sign up for an Air MedCare Network membership. AMCN is the largest air ambulance membership network with more than 3 million members, including me. You heard me right. This costs as little as $85 for your entire household and protects you whether you're at home or traveling. For $85, can you afford not to have this? Right now, as part of The Savage Nation, you'll get up to a $50 gift card when you join AMCN. Please, for the sake of yourself and your family, go to the special website, airmedcarenetwork.com slash savage, and use code SAVAGE. It's simple, air 
medcarenetwork.com slash savage and then use code savage. We are talking about the pandemic of lies on left and right by people who are science illiterates or cynical people in the media who are doing it just to attack the president. And those who say they're protecting the president are actually doing him the gravest disservice of all because he himself is taking it seriously while these schmucks aren't. That's the amazing part. He's taking it seriously enough to ban travel from Europe. And these two schmucks are on the radio saying, oh, no, don't worry about it. It's nothing. It was all out to get him. It's all a hoax. To me, that's criminal. And then they're comparing it to the swine flu epidemic, which they claim was bigger and killed more people. Uh, but you didn't hear about it because the vermin in the media were protecting Obama. Well, you have to understand something. Not all viruses are equal. And the transmission of viruses are different. And the transmission of swine flu was different than the transmission of human to human than is the COVID-19 virus. This one is very easily transmitted from human to human. Swine flu was not easily transmitted from human to human. And as someone who was working in the field of health sciences during the early days of the HIV epidemic, it was very, very interesting for me to learn why HIV did not spread rapidly in the world. I learned it from a brilliant epidemiologist who taught me that the reason HIV did not spread rapidly in the world is because it's a very difficult virus to transmit. It required a direct contact with bodily fluids. And so therefore, HIV was difficult to spread. He had told me if HIV, uh, if the HIV virus had been easily spread, as is COVID-19, most of the world would have gotten it. Now, that is the differential between, for example, going back all the way to the HIV virus uh, and this one, which is that the HIV virus was very difficult to transmit from human to human. On the other hand, this one is very easy to spread, which is why most responsible leaders in the entire world are locking their nations down. But apparently that didn't make it to the schmecks in the media. We're still repeating the big lie from three weeks ago that it's all a hoax to beat Donald Trump. The president himself has moved on past that point. But they haven't. They're still stuck as though they've fallen into an amber pit, repeating the same, bah, 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 bah. It's, it's fake news. Fake news is out to get Trump. Fake news. Fake news. My job as a talk show host is simple. It's to entertain you and educate you. Fortunately for you, you're listening to an educated man who's a little knowledgeable in this field, not the world's leading uh, virologist or epidemiologist, but I know how to read the literature, having earned the PhD in the field. I wrote a best-selling book in 1982 called Maximum Immunity Translated into Six Languages. I'm a little bit of a background studying uh, the immune system and viruses. doesn't make me an expert. It makes me able to read the medical literature. And I am telling you that the president himself now knows what this epidemic is capable of. And it's not panicky of him to shut down travel from Europe. As these morons sitting on the side bench who belong on a basketball court, not talking to human beings about an infection, are saying, we're living in very, very strange and dangerous times. I'm one of the only voices of sanity in the media right now, certainly on the conservative side. The shills on the, on the, on the so-called right 
are doing the president the greatest disservice. If you care to comment on your 401k, the phone number is 855-400-SAVAGE. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Okay, you know I'm a car guy. You know I've had a Hellcat. And with the ever-increasing numbers of cars like Dodge, BMW, and Volkswagen, and models like the Hellcat, X3, and Jetta, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. We all know that. I'm a car guy, and I'm telling you why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while a counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com right in your home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other important things like the mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts in a chain store or new car dealership when you could do it at home on your own computer? Now, you may not know this, but chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and reliably low they are. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible, rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. Does not require this. You could just do it yourself. RockAuto.com is a family business, serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Just go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet sets. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered right to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. But best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write SAVAGE in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. That's S-A-V-A-G-E. They have an amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. Don't stand online in an auto parts store and wait for the hostile clerk to get back to you. Go to rockauto.com. All the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto. All the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. There's a new millionaire coming to our shores every day. You know, I'm the grandson of immigrants from Russia, to be quite honest. So my yeah. my dad and I talked about this. He said, "Do you think?" By the my way, we should mention who your dad is. I, I, yeah. I know you're you're a man in your own right, but your dad is is a is a radio star. Yeah, Michael Savage, who taught me well, and I'll give you one story of Michael. When I was a young kid, he took me to the zoo and put me in front of the lions at the lion cage and let the lions roar at me. So I would never be afraid of anyone yelling at me in life. So Whoa. thank you, Dad. Wow. Yeah. Well, it, it worked. I, my son was on uh, Neil Cavuto's uh, business show today on Fox Business and a great guy filling in for him. Wonderful. I mean, I always liked that man's work. He's very kind to my son. He didn't act like the slime in the media trying to trip him up. 
And my son really made me proud. He was so good in the media. He's a movie star. Uh, he always could have been a movie star. I never wanted him to go into acting and modeling. You know, when he was 14, he was so good looking. I said, don't go near those people in that world. <laughs> you know, kids always wanted to be a model or something if they were good looking or stuff like that. And I said, don't go near them. It's a destructive, a destructive world. Anyway, here we are. And we're talking about uh, the economic and medical uh, uh, impact of this disease, now called a pandemic. And I'm going to take a few callers from doctors and others on this issue. And when I come back, and maybe for the rest of the hour, I'm going to give you some positive news, which is how to get rich during a financial depression. See, I have studied the Great Depression ever since I was 18 years old. I've always been sort of a pessimist. My parents were depression children, and I was steeped in the mentality of what the Great Depression did to them. And I was told, no matter how high up you go, always prepare, it's going to fall down on you, you know, whenever you think it's going to happen good, it's going to happen. So I was always kind of waiting for the, for the axe to fall. And uh, I was told that civil service jobs were king during the Depression, and anyone who was a cop or a fireman or a teacher lived out the Depression very well. They were actually able to buy small houses in Brooklyn and Queens, for example, New York of the kind we were in because they had stable, good jobs. And civil service jobs were very, very coveted uh, during the Great Depression. But what you don't know are some of the fortunes that were made during the Great Depression. And I'll tell you the story about how the public's supermarkets were built. I'll tell you how E.N.J. Gallo's uh, winery began uh, in uh, the Depression. I'll tell you about the other tycoons, some of them, uh, uh, how they began during the Great Depression. So maybe you cannot sit there and wallow in fear and think about how to capitalize during these times for yourself and for the family and for the good of the nation. Let's go to some callers, please. 855-400-7282. Uh, I don't know where to begin, truthfully. I'll start with Mr. Rand in South Carolina. Rand, thanks for calling the program. What's on your mind? Hey, Michael, thank you. I've listened to you for years. I have most of your books. I really enjoy it, and I'm really looking forward to hear your comments regarding the financial downturn. But as a physician, I've been a physician for more than 40 years. I'm still practicing. I'm mm. a virologist or infectious disease guy. But I've noticed a couple of things that uh, I consider the response and the hysteria to be very much like the TSA at the airports. They can't pass uh, their own IG inspections where they send bombs through, you know, 85% of the time. And I see my daughter called me to say that in uh, Palm Beach, Florida, where she lives, an airplane landed, two people were on it, the hazmat teams arrived, they policed up those people and took them away, and they let everybody else walk off the airplane and go into the crowd. Hmm. Cuomo did the same thing in New York. So hmm. we've got a lot of half-hearted things. We have some things that are not targeting the real issues in terms of safety. I don't think anybody's ever stopped a, uh, a significant virus, the common cold, the flu, whatever. But even if we're making uh, efforts to do so, uh, the newspaper in our town in Charleston for four days in a row had headlines harping the uh, the terror, you know, nature of the virus. And so everybody ran out and bought supplies. And so wait, wait. Stuff. So you're you're thinking as a physician that it's not as bad as they are saying and there should we shouldn't take precautions. I don't think you're saying that. I'm saying that there's no way you can you know not be careful enough. So it, it's it's I can't argue that uh, you shouldn't take every precaution you can. I'm saying some of the things they're doing are ineffective and other things they're doing are affecting things that don't directly... I, I agree with you, but to err on the side of caution, I think, is a reasonable way to approach this, Doctor, don't you? Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I mean, let's put it this way. Would you go out into a crowd right now and say it's so mild, I don't really care if I get it? Uh, 
Not necessarily, but I also don't feel that, uh, you know, given the limited epidemiology we have, that being a, you know, I'm not that young, I'm 66, so I'm getting at the age where uh, now people are starting to get it. But you look at who's dying from this, and you look at the magnitude of illness and so forth, I think when they've closed all the colleges and the younger people, I realize that could, that could spread disease, but we don't know how widespread the disease is now. Right, and, and all, here's another thing, doctor, just being reasonable and scientific about it. The reason that so many people are nervous about the coronavirus is that it's a new virus. It is spreading very quickly. It's easily transmissible. We do not have a vaccine. And we're still learning about the, uh, the virus itself. There's a big learning curve here that requires a lot of study. And for people to say it's not that bad, people get over it quickly, I would say not so fast. We don't know uh, the long-term effects, nor whether this virus will mutate uh, or the recurrence rate. I think the recurrence rate is rather high with this virus. Uh, have you studied that? I, I, think, I think not only the recurrence, but uh, what's going to happen with the recurrence, we don't know. But my, my I'll yeah, so I was, again, so I say so for people in the media who claim they're Trump's friend to say, don't worry about it. It's nothing. It's media hype <laughs> is irresponsible. I, I think if you watch Trump, I don't think he's ever said that it's nothing. And he's as you said, no, he well, hasn't. But these shills are saying it today <laughs> that it's nothing. The shills are saying it today. I'll, I'll get off. I think your ancillary things about the, the economy and what this has done will be something really interesting to listen to. So All right, let's go to that, doctor. Thanks for listening so intently. So let's talk for a minute to break up the monotony here. Again, on the, uh, the richest families whose businesses started during the Great Depression. Great article in Forbes for a number of years ago by Chloe Sorvino that I found. And let me just read it to you about the public supermarkets. During the Great Depression... Many survivalist entrepreneurs in urban areas opened small grocery stores in their own homes or in abandoned storefronts. These entrepreneurs bought stocks of non-perishable food because if they could not sell their goods, at least they and their family members could live off the unsold inventory and avoid hunger and starvation. That fallback likely helped George Jenkins quit his steady job at Grocery Piggly Wiggly when his boss wouldn't see him for a short conversation. Though he spent eight hours driving, he then started public supermarkets in 1930, and it paid off. With $29 billion in sales, it now counts more than 1,000 stores across the Southeast, bolstering his family's $5.2 billion fortune. There is then the story of the McKee family and their little Debbie ice cream pies, or cream pies. There is then the story of E&J Gallo Winery's Roots, uh, which go back to 1933. It was then that a survivalist entrepreneur brother team started crushing grapes in a California shed. Their product quickly grew popular due to its cost. They sold the Gallo wine at 50 cents a gallon, which, which was half the market rate at the time. The Gallo family, now worth over $10 billion, now owns the world's largest winemaker. And there are others. I can give you other stories. I'll give you one more about French fries. There's also Iowa native J.R. Simpiot, or Simplot, who bought an Idaho potato farm in 1929 and worked the land by himself. Anything they didn't sell, his family ate. But they soon sold a lot. He was also an innovator and became known as the father of the frozen French fry for the freezing process that he invented himself. Before his death in 2008, the company boasted supplying a third of the nation's French fries, most notably to McDonald's. The Simplot's worth $8 billion, still run the company.
The other three tycoons whose businesses got off the ground during this difficult era of the Great Depression uh, were the uh, Hesses, Columbia Sportswear Retailers, the Boyles, and the investment banking Stevens clan. Several other billion-dollar family businesses also started just before the massive downturn and survived. John Willard Marriott laid down $6,000 for a nine-stool A&W root beer stand just two years before the stock market crash. He stuck with the franchise, and the company stayed in the food industry until it shifted to hotels in 57. The hotel conglomerate, Marriott International, now known for high-end brands like Ritz-Carlton Renaissance, has helped the Marriott family amass an estimated net worth of $5.7 billion. So even in times of need, there are people who are going to look to create products and services that we the people uh, need. And I've given you some examples. Maybe it'll trigger some ideas uh, in your minds. Maybe you'll come up with your own innovations. The world is changing under our feet, whether you like it or not. And you can blame the left. You can blame the right. You can blame anyone you want. You can blame the Chinese laboratories, whatever your conspiracy theory is. There are people who understand that no matter what you say, whether you want to stop the hysteria or create the hysteria or don't agree there's hysteria, really doesn't matter. The world has changed forever. And there has been a seismic shift, a tectonic plate shift. This is known as one of those times in human history where a tectonic shift has occurred. And during difficult times like this, there are people who understand not to give up, but to create products and services that the people need. I can name some, some that if I were uh, younger, I would go into, but I'm not going to do it. I don't want to give them away. Maybe I'll give them to my son so he has his next business to go into. No, I don't know what business he's going to go into. I don't think he will. I have no idea what he's going to do. He may go into the public service. But um, in, in all seriousness, you can think yourself of the times we are in and ask yourself, what is the average person worried about? What can I give them that will help them that they need? Don't become one of the shills, for example, selling fake silver solution. Please, whatever you do, don't capitalize on this fear with fake products. It's disgusting. And if there's a God in heaven, as I know there is, you'll be punished in hell. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. The World Health Organization officially announced that this is a global pandemic. We have been in frequent contact with our allies and we are marshalling the full power of the federal government and the private sector to protect the American people. Doing a great job. Nobody could do better. A liberal Democrat could not have offered more financial aid than he did. And yet the vermin on CNN, the vermin on MSNBC, who should be arrested for what they are doing, simply to show excuse me, to show the party line that they hate Trump, attacked him even though a liberal Democrat would not have done or could not have done more. This is a very serious illness. Even the president is understanding, as he has from the beginning, how serious this is. And yet the pathetic mouthpieces who think that he is listening to them are actually doing the president and the public a grave disservice by playing down COVID-19. These science illiterates are saying it's so mild that the swine flu is worse, and they're only building it up in the media to hurt Donald Trump. These pathetic losers haven't even caught up with Trump's own message. How pathetic can they be? What's most important to me is that the world is turned upside down. The president understands the severity of the illness, but apparently the, I don't know what to call them, 
They're worse than the left wing who attacked the president because so many of you trust them. And now you're putting your defenses down. You're letting your guard down. And you think there's nothing to fear. And a real patriot will go out, oh, what do I care? It's all blown up by the liberal media. It's all a hoax. I'll go out. I don't care. The worst thing that could happen would be for you to go out and not care. That's the absolute worst thing you could possibly do. Monty in Colorado, you don't believe me, though. Go ahead, make your point. Are you there? Okay, not there. Monty in Colorado is not there. Las Vegas, David, line five. You're on the Savage Nation. Make your point, please. Yeah, I just want to know what happens next year when it comes back because our industry is being decimated here. I'm in, I'm in construction. We can't get respirators. We can't have guys working. We can't do sub-meetings. Well, you don't really need all of that. Just listen to the uh, to Hannity and the others who are medical experts who are telling you it's no more than the common cold. No, don't worry. There are, you should actually, if you're a real patriot, if you're a real American, you'd go out and lick a banister with someone with uh, COVID-19 just touched. Just show you're a real man. Go and lick a banister. Show that you're not afraid. Show that you're a real man. You don't need you don't need respirators. Just ask Dr. Hannity. The doctor is in. I don't have an answer for you. All I know is that the president himself knows how serious this is. Apparently, these schmucks haven't caught up with him. The Westwood One Podcast Network. Fans of the spoken word, welcome. This is a podcast. Greetings, pod recipients. You are entering the Savage Nation. Read the book. See the movie. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Be again. Welcome to The Savage Nation. Be a Pollyanna. Go, go lick a banister in, in, in Penn Station or ride a public transportation and don't wear gloves. Rub your fingers on a seat in a public place and then rub your eyes. Because you don't have to fear anything, according to Dr. Hannity. And uh, it's nothing. It's just a mild flu. And if you're a real right-winger and a real American, you'd go and get it. Just to show that it's, you're not afraid of the fake media. That's what you should do. And uh, that's the world we're living in. 855-407-282. Welcome to the show. The left is worse. I see the president give a speech last night. I was on my exercise machine while watching it. I'm a, new, I'm a new protocol now. I finally caught up with the 1970s in the sense I ride my bicycle usually outdoors. I was never an indoor exercise person. I like to be out and get the air in my face, risk falling off a bike, you know, in order to feel. But I got a machine. I like it. I can watch news if I want or History Channel if I want or whatever I want. And I watched the entire f- speech. It was about eight minutes long. Last night, President, it was simply the best speech of his life. And he's done some real home runs. Last night was a true home run, but it wasn't just the speech, was it? It was what he offered. And he offered an awful lot last night. And yet these psychopaths on MSNBC and CNN immediately went into attack mode right afterwards, smirking like that. The worst of them all is Rachel Madcow 
who is a mentally ill human being who belongs in a mental hospital. They should put her on major tranquilizers for what she's doing to this country. A liberal Democrat president could not have offered more to, uh, let us say, calm the financial markets, to help the average American who might be affected by it. And yet they attacked him anyway. In a time like this, you would think that the owners of NBC, the owners of CNN would say, hey, look, cool it, man. We got to bring the people together. We can't afford to create. This is over. Just stop it. But they don't. And that's where a government needs to step in and stop it for them. But I don't want to talk much about that. The Trump policy points from last night are very important, uh, particularly the uh, SBA, $50 billion to uh, give out economic loans in affected states for people who uh, have a small business who has a temporary economic disruption. And I know people in the restaurant business who are dying. They're dying. These people live almost, you know, like it's a tough business if you're not a chain. You're living on a very short leash, short margin. You have to buy the food in advance. Then you don't know if people are going to come. Then you have to throw the food in the garbage. You could be wiped out in three days in a small restaurant. Uh, You have a cancellation of a party of 40 for that night and you bought the food for those 40 and you're a small business. You're hurt, man. And so the SBA... The Small Business Administration, I suggest you get online because Trump announced last night a $50 billion for this uh, new SBA program. It's great stuff. A liberal Democrat, an FDR, couldn't have done better than the president did last night. And yet the vermin on, in the media went after him tooth and claw like it was still a joke to them. And that's because they have no responsible leadership running these networks. But I don't want to talk about them. We know who they are. They're garbage. I want to instead talk about something positive. And I'm going to do it because I'm a proud father. And this has been 20 years in the making, but it's longer than 20 years. It's like 50 years in the making because I raised my son with my wife. We raised him. And he told a story about me taking him in front of a lion cage when he was, I don't know, eight, nine, 10 years old, let the lion roar at him. So he'd never fear a man yelling at him to intimidate him. Uh, But there were other things that were done. I read to him. I told him about... uh, the lore of Native Americans in translation look to the mountaintop. And I said, Russ, no matter how dark it gets out there, no matter how deep in the valley you are, remember what the Native Americans taught uh, their children. Always look to the mountaintop. I taught him that since he's a little boy, and I want you to understand that. Because right now America is in a valley, and it's going to get darker. Always look to the mountaintop. And having said that, I would like to play my son, because I'm so proud of him. He was on Fox Business this morning. Neil Cavuto was on a vacation. A wonderful guy was filling in for him. And I want you to listen to the full interview, not only because it's my son and he's a success, but because it's inspirational. And I think the president is going to get this video by tonight. The president loves him. The president asks about him all the time. In fact, when the president called me yesterday on my iPhone, I thought he was calling about my son's announcement, the announcement yesterday morning. So I said, Mr. President, what an honor it is to speak to you. And he said, no, Michael, it's my honor to speak to you. Then he said, no. And I said, "Uh, you're probably calling about my son's announcement. He said, no, I'm calling about you. He said, even though he's more important, I'm calling about you. It was very funny, but he's from Queens. I understood that he's always joking. In the midst of this, I don't know how any human being could do what he does. I don't know it. You know, it takes extraordinary strength to be a president, whoever they are. How anyone would want this job is beyond beyond me. I couldn't do it. I could never, ever do that job. I've never confused 
what I am capable of and what I'm not capable of. It takes an extraordinary human being to be the president of a major corporation or the president of the United States of America. You've got to be able to deal with adversity and let it roll off you like, as they say, water rolls off a duck's feathers. The president somehow has this ability and yet to make rational decisions in the midst of it all. It's astounding. And when you talk to him, it's like talking to General Patton. He asks you a question, which he asked me yesterday, and I'm not going to repeat it again. And you have to fire an answer at him. He doesn't want the long answer with a hem and a ho, a hin and a ha, and a hing, a ning, if, if, if I did this and that. He doesn't want that. He wants an answer the way he would answer something. And he asked me my advice on this virus with regard to something. He said, I know you know a lot about it. And I said, yes, I have a degree in the field, a doctorate. So I, here's my opinion on X, Y, Z. And then he made his decision. He did what he was advised and what he decided to do in certain areas, which I disagreed with, incidentally. Uh, on the other hand, uh, he said some things and did some things yesterday that were astonishingly great. And if you're a small business owner, I really advise you, you immediately get on to the economic loans and the SBA. Immediately get online, please. Uh, it's not conservative. No, his economic plans are not conservative. That's my whole point. A liberal Democrat like FDR could not have gone as far as he did in what he offered yesterday. And yet they still attacked him on MSNBC because they're irresponsible and they're stupid. You think Mad Cow is smart? You think because she sneers like a sophomore in college with her girlfriends there sitting on a, on a couch? You think that makes her smart? That supercilious stupidity? She's an idiot. As are the schmucks on CNN. They're morons to, to keep doing this at a time like this. Of course, his, his economic plans are not conservative. They're very liberal, but they're necessary. And let me tell you something else since we're talking about that. I told you before that I am the son of an immigrant. They both went through the Depression. They were scarred by it. Both my parents were scarred by it. And I was raised with a Depression mentality, economic depression. They always taught me to be conservative, to be, I mean, fiscally conservative, to be frugal, to not spend like a moron, to not be stupid and spend all your money, to save your money, you know, that kind of thing. So I always had to work at it. But then you watch and you listen and you get people calling the show that say what Trump said last night was not economically conservative. No, it was not. But let me explain something to you. My dad was unemployed during the Great Depression. He was a young man. He had no job. He was poor. He had no connections. And he told me that were it not for the WPA, the Works Progress Administration, which saved millions and millions of Americans from poverty and destitution, was it not for FDR's WPA, he would have been unemployed. I don't even know how he got it. Somehow he got a job, my dad did, driving as a chauffeur, he said, for a, a New York State Assemblyman. He told me stories about taking him up to the racetrack, Saratoga Springs. I never really got to ask him how he got that job because I, he didn't have politics. He had no political connections. That was amazing when you think about it. Immigrant son, how do you get a, a job like that? And the stories in the White Sulphur Springs and the gambling. and her, I, I love the stories, but I never got to ask him. He died very young. He died in 1970. I was still a young man myself. I never got to ask these questions. And I'm so honored that I'm still living. And I got to see my son at this point in his life because I never thought I would. I never thought I'd see this day. And it's not just the money, it's the struggle. Any parent listening to this show knows what it takes to raise a child, whether you're poor or you're wealthy or you're middle class. We all know that we never stop worrying about our children until we take our last breath. On that note, I would like to play That's My Boy, Russ, on Fox Business this morning. 
Robert, please start to play it now. A blockbuster beverage deal made right in the middle of a major market slide. PepsiCo now buying Rockstar Energy drink for nearly $4 billion. Rockstar Energy president and a very rich man now, CEO Russ Weiner, <laughs> joins us now. Uh, Russ, I love your story for many reasons. Uh, first of all, because it hasn't all been straight up, has it? Well, I have to say today, since I came in the studio, the market was down 10% and now it's only down 4%. Yeah, so right. I hope I'm bringing some good news to the world right now by talking about my success story. Well, I think I might be the happiest right. man you in the world. You timed it tonight. perfectly. <laughs> I did. I sure did. Well, the American dream is alive and well, and that's really what this is about and why I wanted to come in today. I wanted to give everyone a little bit of hope in this sea of hell, to be quite honest. I know how hard it is out there, and I know how people are going to be struggling. So for me, I'm blessed. I still work as hard today as I did 20 years ago to build this business. I don't know what I'm going to do next because I can't stop working, but I'm sure I'll figure something out that will be productive. By the way, uh, I wanted to come on and talk about the story. I I, I want to hear more about the story. But of course, the virus is on everybody's minds for good reason right now. And and in the food and drink industry, there are a lot of questions that Americans have of whether that supply chain is going to be stuck because of the virus. You're very much in that market. What are you hearing about it, about factories and so forth? Are they are they closing or thinking, making plans? to close or any of that? Well, I'll give you some insight. I've heard from my suppliers that it's very interesting you ask this question, and I'll gladly talk about it because I do have some knowledge. I knew about this about a month ago, and Chinese suppliers were basically putting the squeeze on American companies saying, whoever's going to give me a three- or five-year contract will get supply. And if you're a smaller company, Mm. you're not going to get your supply. And these are more exotic ingredients like taurine or glucuronolactone, B vitamins. They're not the easy normal beverage ingredients. Coke and Pepsi are going to be fine. Pepsi Cola has an incredible supply chain plan around the world. They have no issues with their ingredients going forward. I know that. We've talked in great length about this. My ingredients are safe. We have supply lined up because I started this process about a month ago planning this, knowing this was coming. And uh, of course, a lot of these companies, forgive me, I, I don't know whether Rockstar Energy has has a pure water uh, product in its in its midst, but certainly PepsiCo does and Coke. Are, water is going to be a very key ingredient that a lot of people are going to want to buy off the shelves. Do we have enough supply so that we don't have to worry about a shortage? Hey, I'll sell you some caffeinated water for another month until the deal closes, and then (laughs) uh, I'm not allowed to do that any longer. But I don't know the answers to those questions. I think we'll be fine. Look, I was thinking to myself, what is this like? This is like an alien invasion of the whole world being attacked at the same time. I know how serious this is, but don't forget, America got through World War II. We can get through a flu bug. We're going to be fine. This interview today, I really wanted to come on and bring some optimism and hope. And I do want to talk about the story because this is such an amazing story. Well, this go ahead. Talk about it. We've got about 45 yeah. seconds. Let's go for it, Russ. All right. All right. So in 2000, I was in San Francisco, and this is when Red Bull launched in Northern California back then. And it was $2 for that small can. And I said to all my friends after a little while, I go, why doesn't someone come out with a larger size? I don't get it. It's so easy. No one's making a bigger size. So I worked for a vodka company, Sky Vodka. Maurice Campbell was my mentor. He didn't want to do it. He let me go out on my own. I said, okay, I don't have any money. He goes, go figure it out, kid. You go do it. So I mortgaged my condo with $50,000 is pretty much all I had. I made a small batch, put it on the market, out in the market, and it worked because it was twice the size for the same price called Rockstar. Our tagline was party like a rock star. It was black and gold. No one thought it would work. Everyone thought I was crazy. And I said to myself, you know what? I'm going to give it a shot. If it doesn't work, I'm young enough. I'll do something else. And you can see the results 20 years later. This thing sold for a pretty amazing number. 
I'm very blessed. And as I started this interview, and I'll end it, I am the happiest guy in the world today. And I'm proud of that. And I, I hope that this gives inspiration to the next generation to go out there and it try should. their ideas. And I think it will. Yeah. And, and the point is, Russ, this, this country is extraordinary, no matter how hard we are hit, whether it was on 9-11, whether it was the Great Depression, or whether it was the coronavirus. We have these extraordinary people in this country, and you're one of them, uh, who, given the right uh, combination of freedoms, can make a product, can, can fulfill a need that, that American consumers have, and, and make it rich. And even if you don't make it rich, at least you can make it. So this this country is going to make a comeback, and it's important to keep that in mind. There's a new millionaire coming to our shores every day. You know, I'm the grandson of immigrants from Russia, to be quite honest. So my yeah. my dad and I talked about this. He said, "Do you think?" By the my way, we should mention proud, who your dad course. is. I, I, yeah. I know you're you're a man in your own right, but your dad is is a is a radio star. Yeah, Michael Savage, who taught me well, and I'll give you one story of Michael. When I was a young kid, he took me to the zoo and put me in front of the lions at the lion cage and let the lions roar at me so I would never be afraid of anyone yelling at me in life. So, Whoa! Thank you, Dad. Wow. Yeah. Well, it, it worked. Yeah. Russ, hey, congratulations. I'm, I'm glad you did so well, and you do bring a, a voice of encouragement to people that could get down on a day like today. We appreciate you coming on. I'm happy. Great country. America's the best. It is, thank it you. It certainly is. God bless you. Thank you, and God bless America. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. Uh, Welcome back to the uh, Savage Nation. No, it's not a hoax. Uh, If it was a hoax, would the president have taken the extraordinary steps he took last night? Will you folks who listen to the Savage Nation and also listen to others who uh, share some of my same political positions on other issues come to understand that they're not even caught up with what the president himself is saying? The president has taken extraordinary financial uh, and other political steps to reduce the risk of this illness and to help those who are affected by it economically. And yet you have people who are saying it's a hoax. Please understand that you're doing yourself no favor, your family no favor, our society no favor, and the president no favor by taking a cavalier uh, attitude. Phone number is 855 We heard about hand-washing, and we heard about not hugging and kissing and staying away from crowds. Can I give you one other little minor tip amongst many? How about leaving your shoes at the door when you come home? Everyone seems to forget the Japanese custom was created centuries ago out of caution for epidemics that were spreading in Japan. So please, take your shoes off and leave them outside your house when you get home. I'll be right back to talk to the rest of the Savage Nation right here on your local station. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Uh, Welcome back, Savage Nation members. Look, I'm trying to disseminate the best information that I have. Now, I'm a member of uh, one club in the whole world called the University Club of San Francisco. And some of the members are top flight uh, researchers and doctors and top flight people. And uh, I just received an email from the university club that I want to share with you because there was a discussion on COVID-19, which I really think should be called, uh, what country, what, what city did it start in? It wasn't uh, Hunan. It was Wuhan. I, I would call it the Wuhan virus, but it doesn't matter. The COVID-19 virus was discussed with the university of San Francisco, us, uh, UCSF's top researchers in infectious disease, and they know a little bit more than most of us. And I want to read you some of the more 
important comments from these top researchers. Now, remember, UC San Francisco is one of the top hospitals in California. It's also the fourth largest medical research center in the United States. So they held a UC San Francisco Biohub panel on COVID-19 on March 10th, which was two days ago. And some of the top panelists in the world were on it. Here are the top takeaways that I just received. Uh, At this point, we are past containment. Containment is basically futile. Our containment efforts won't reduce the number who get infected in the U.S. Now we're just trying to slow the spread to help healthcare providers deal with the demand peak. In other words, the goal of containment is to flatten the curve, to lower the peak of the surge of demand that will hit healthcare providers, and to buy time in hopes a drug can be developed. How many more in the community already have the virus? How many in the community have the virus? No one knows. We are moving from containment to care. We in the U.S. are currently where Italy was a week ago. They say we see nothing to say we will be substantially different. 40 to 70% of the U.S. population will be infected over the next 12 to 18 months. After that level, you can start to get herd immunity. Unlike flu, this is entirely novel to humans. So there is no latent immunity in the global population. We use their numbers to work out a guesstimate of deaths, indicating about 1.5 million Americans may die. The panelists do not disagree with our estimate. This compares to seasonal flu's average of 50,000 Americans per year. Assuming 50% of the U.S. population gets it, that's 160 million people infected. With 1% mortality, that's 1.6 million Americans will die over the next 12 to 18 months. The fatality rate is in the range of 10 times the flu. This assumes no drug is found effective and made available. Now, remember, this came from a top panel of experts in infectious disease and epidemiology at one of the greatest medical research centers in the world, not from illiterate radio talk show hosts who dropped out of college. Listen to me and learn something and stop saying it's fake containment and a hoax. Do yourself a favor and learn something. The fatality rate is 10 times the flu. They then go on. They say the death rate does vary by age. We know that. Over age 80, the mortality rate could be 10 to 15%. So does that mean we shouldn't care about our elderly? Is that we should just pass it off because the old people are dying and say, what do I care? That's stupid. They go on. Don't know whether COVID-19 is seasonal, but if it is and subsides over the summer, it's likely to roar back in the fall as the 1918 flu did. Did you hear that one? Uh, Dr. Hannity, did you hear that one? They then go on. I can only tell you two things definitively. It's going to get worse before it gets better. And we'll be dealing with this for the next year at least. Our lives are going to look different for the next year. What should we do now, they ask? What are you doing for yourself and your family? Well, you should know that this disease can be infectious before being symptomatic. They say we don't know how infectious it is before being symptomatic. We do know that the highest level of virus prevalence coincides with symptoms. We currently think folks are infectious two days before through 14 days after onset of symptoms. Listen to that. Folks are infectious two days before they show symptoms to 14 days after the onset of symptoms. How long does the virus last? They say on surfaces, best guess is four to 20 hours, depending on surface type. Maybe a few days, but no consensus on this. Virus is very susceptible to common antibacterial cleaning agents, bleach, hydrogen peroxide, alcohol-based. Common sense, avoid concerts, movies, crowded places. We have canceled business travel. Do the basic hygiene, hand washing and avoiding touching face. Well, we know that. I would say leave your shoes at the door. They didn't put that in this. Leave your shoes at the door. 
like the Japanese have done for centuries to avoid bringing uh, pathogens into their house. Here's something that's very important for those of you who have medications. Maybe you know this, maybe you don't. Stockpile your critical prescription medications. Many pharma supply chains run through China. Let me pause there. I did a whole show on this three weeks ago. It's uh, one of my most important podcasts. Pharma companies usually hold two to three months of raw materials and may run out given the distribution in China's manufacturing. Pneumonia shot may be helpful. Uh, Not preventive of COVID-19, but reduces your chance of being weakened, which makes COVID-19 more dangerous. They then say get a flu shot next fall. I don't agree. They say it's not preventative of COVID-19, but reduces your chance of being weakened, which makes COVID-19 more dangerous. I have never and will never take a flu shot. And for a number of reasons. Number one, uh, the flu shots are based on last year's flu virus, not on the current one. And I also think it weakens the immune system. So I will not take it. Do what you want. They say, would we say anyone over 60 stay at home unless it's critical? Uh, CDC toyed with the idea of saying anyone over 60 not travel on commercial airlines. Uh, those at the UC SF hospital are moving our at-risk patients back from nursing homes to their own homes, and they're not letting them out of the house. The other members of the family are washing hands the moment they come in. Three routes of infection, which you probably know listening to this show, hand-to-mouth, face, <clears throat> aerosol transmission droplets, and this is an odd one, fecal-oral route. I don't even want to get into that one, but it is San Francisco. Uh, what is... What if someone is sick, they write. If someone gets sick, have them stay home and socially isolate. There is very little you can do at a hospital that you couldn't do at home. Most cases are mild. But if they are older, have longer cardiovascular problems, read on. Oh, that's nice. Uh, take them to the ER if, they are, if they have longer cardiovascular problems. There is no accepted treatment for COVID-19. The hospital will give supportive care. Example, IV fluids, oxygen to help you stay alive while your body itself fights the disease. Now, they're not adding what I would tell you. They always leave out what you can do yourself, like stimulate your own immune system. I wrote a whole book on it. I wrote many books on it. Uh, And I can go on. And what's the fatality rate? It's much higher for older adults. That doesn't mean we should ignore it. As you well know, your immune system declines past age 50. A fatality rate tracks closely with comorbidity. That is the presence of other conditions that compromise the patient's uh, health especially respiratory or cardiovascular illness. These conditions are higher in older adults. Risk of pneumonia, higher in older adults. What about testing to know if someone has COVID-19? Here's what they write. There is not enough testing capacity to be broadly useful. Here's why. Currently, there is no way to determine what a person has other than a PCR test. No other test can yet distinguish COVID-19 from flu or from the other dozen respiratory bugs that are circulating. A polymerase chain reaction test, that's a PCR test, polymerase chain reaction test, can detect COVID-19's RNA. However, they still don't have confidence in the test specificity. specificity. They don't know how the rate of false negatives, uh, how high it may be. The PCR test requires kits with reagents and requires clinical labs to process the kits. You can't do it yourself. While the kits are becoming available, the lab capacity is not growing. The leading clinical lab firm, Quest and Lab, LabCorp, have capacity to process 1,000 kits a day for the entire nation. Did you hear that, Jim? The leading clinical lab firms, Quest and LabCorp, have a capacity to process only 1,000 kits a day for the entire nation. Expanding processing capacity takes time, space, and equipment and certification. It will not happen soon. UC San Francisco and UC Berkeley have donated their research labs to process kits. But each has only the capacity to process only 20 to 40 kits per day and not clinically certified. 
This is amazing. Uh, I can read on. We know about school closures. We know that employees are being told to work at home. We know kids are staying home due to school uh, uh, closures. And uh, where do you find reliable news? Uh, Certainly not in talk radio. If you want to believe me, believe me. If you don't want to believe me, don't believe me. But of all the people in talk radio, I'm the only one with a Ph.D., in a field which contains a segment to do with epidemiology for one of the great universities in the world. That's the University of California at Berkeley, and I'm very proud of it. I wrote a book in 1983 called Maximum Immunity. It was published in six languages. I am not a virologist, nor am I an expert in the field, but I certainly can read the medical literature. So listen to who you want to listen to. There's other things you need to know. Every few years, there seems to be another epidemic. First, there was SARS, then Ebola, then MERS then H1N1, now COVID-19. And they say the growing strains of antibiotic-resistant bacteria are in the air. Are we in the twilight of a century of medicine's great triumph over infectious disease? My answer is no. Uh, We have been in a battle against viruses for a million years. But the fact of the matter is, it would sure help if China shut down their wet markets, meaning killing uh, animals and selling them, or selling rather live animals. And they conclude by saying the worst impact of COVID-19 will likely be in the countries with the least resources, such as Africa. My friends, this is a very serious time. And you're not doing yourself, your family, the nation, or the president a favor by saying it's fake news and all a myth. Please understand this is a new reality. Home of Borders. Language. Culture. The Savage Nation. We are at a critical time in the fight against the virus. We made a life-saving move with early action on China. Now we must take the same action with Europe. We will not delay. I will never hesitate to take any necessary steps to protect the lives, health, and safety of the American people. I will always put the well-being of America first. We declared a public health emergency and issued the highest level of travel warning on other countries as the virus spread its horrible infection. And taking early, intense action, we have seen dramatically fewer cases of the virus in the United States than are now present in Europe. The European Union failed to take the same precautions and restrict travel from China and other hotspots. As a result, a large number of new clusters in the United States were seeded by travelers from Europe. Okay, look, my take was it was the best speech I've heard, and he's given some home runs, some Babe Ruth speeches. And I was thrilled to be watching it. I was thrilled to uh, listen to it and analyze it and break it down. And the minute it was over, the minute it was over, the vermin at CNN and MSNBC started to rip him and attack him while smirking, particularly that low life, that very low intellect, Rachel Madcow, who thinks she's so smart because she sneers when she talks. She thinks that substitutes for an IQ. I want to remind you that Abraham Lincoln locked up news people during the Civil War who were trying to spread the hatred to stir people up against each other. I just want you to let that hang in the air. Lincoln is a liberal icon. Enough is enough. The nation has to come together. It's a matter of public health. And for her and the others on the left to keep attacking the president when he has gone further to the left economically than any liberal would ever dare to do shows you who they really are. 
They don't care about the people. They don't care about the nation. They don't care about the disease. And frankly, the owners of NBC, uh, the corporate owners of CNN, need to be reined in by the president. He has the power. He controls the FCC. And he better get in there and give them a good drilling before this gets worse. These marionettes have to be silenced. They are not being constructive. They're not offering constructive criticism. They're trying to, dis- excuse me, they're trying to turn people against each other. Again, I want to say this before we leave. He gave some monies out there that are astounding. He uh, said that the SBA is going to increase funding by $50 billion, economic loans in affected states and territories in America. They're low-interest loans to you to help small businesses overcome temporary economic disruptions caused by the virus. He said using emergency authority, he uh, had the Treasury Department defer tax payments without interest or penalties for certain individual individuals and businesses negatively impacted. Uh, this action alone provided more than $200 billion of additional liquidity to the economy. How can you fault that? What do you want him to do? He called on Congress to provide Americans with immediate payroll tax relief. What do you want him to do? He got the leaders of health insurance uh, companies who agreed to waive all co-payments for coronavirus treatments and to extend insurance coverage to these treatments and to prevent surprise medical billing. What do you want him to do? He did more than Bernie Sanders is even promising, and yet they still attacked him. Doesn't there come a time in America when these loudmouth vermin on the left can be stopped by the corporate uh, structure that owns them? They have an obligation to the people of America to stop these left-wing mouthpieces before this country burns to the ground. It was the uh, best speech of his career, the most comprehensive virus fighting plan, best plan for economic relief. I was very proud to watch that speech last night. As the show comes to its last minutes today, I want you to think about something, which is that I am trying to give you uh, the best and most uh, rational information, evidence, and steps you can take to reduce your risk of contracting this virus. Irrespective of what the mortality rate is, the morbidity rate is astonishing. Something that the high school dropouts uh, never heard. There is a difference between morbidity and mortality. You can keep saying mortality is lower than this and it's more lower than the flu. It means nothing. The infectious, the infection rate is very high. The transmission rate is very high. The morbidity rate is very high. And we also do not know how this is going to end up. It's too new a virus. And I want to remind you again why this is so uh, dangerous. It's a new virus. It's spreading very quickly. There is no vaccine, and people are still learning about the disease. They don't know much about it. And again, I want to remind you that this virus can mutate rather rapidly. You hear all this stuff that these geniuses are taking, and they are giving advice, all these UC Med Center this, UC Med Center that, Harvard School of Public schmucks and that. Have any of them said one word about the largest reservoir of disease in America, which are the homeless bums squatting in the cities of America? I have been telling you for years that these camps or encampments of diseased people are waiting for a mutation and an outbreak unlike we, anything we have ever seen. But for political reasons, the Schmendricks with stethoscopes make believe these homeless encampments don't exist and they are harmless. They need to be closed down immediately. 
The homeless need to be removed from our streets immediately. The streets need to be sanitized immediately. And the homeless need to be put in lockdown facilities and treated far away from city centers. That's my advice. Thanks for listening. The Westwood One Podcast Network. 